Hello, everybody. This is Chocolate News Podcast. And today I am your co-host, Andrea Carter, a digital correspondent for Chocolate News. I'm filling in for the vacationing John Reese. And I'm your co-host, Morgan Angelique Owens. And today I am very, very excited to be here today. And um, as you know, this is the podcast for the Cincinnati Herald newspaper, and we are the leading African-American-owned newspaper in the greater Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky area. And today, I'm going to give you what the chocolate news of the week is, and we're going to start out with, first off, what's ongoing is the deal that the Democrats have been going on about Biden's deal about the infrastructure, and um, our Ohio's only Black congresswoman, and president of the Congressional Black Caucus, Joyce Beatty, announced that funding for the HBCUs would be within this bill, bill and also some other things that she's been fighting for for the Black agenda. And um, Morgan, have you heard anything about that? I have not, but you know what? I am so excited to see HBCUs really, um, they've really just like rebranded. You know what I mean? Like they've really garnered a lot of respect before there was like a stereotype, I think on HBCUs, but they're actually really awesome schools. I really wish secretly, Andrea, that I went to an HBCU, honestly. Well, I went to Central State. So I'm very proud to be part be part of the HBCU family because there's a lot of good people who come from HBCUs. I'm like you said, I'm very glad that they're finally getting their due on an educational yes. level, but also the fact that they have put out so many successful people, Kamala Harris being like the most prominent yeah. one. And I think that has yeah. done a lot for HBCUs. And, um, and, you know, I think the financial issues and other issues have been going on. I think the country's getting a rude awakening that if you knock something for so long, eventually it's going to bite you. And HBCUs yeah. are biting America because despite the negatives that they think of it, they have produced great people. Absolutely. And do you, I definitely think that having, you know, our vice president in office has really pushed it over the top, don't you think? Oh, yes. I think it's, it pushed it over the top, but also pushed, you know, the, the belonging to a Greek organization like Alpha. Right. Shout Alpha. out AKA. AKA. Oh, yeah. Yes. The best See, we, sorority. AKA. Yes. The best sorority ever. And I, I <laughs> we not, don't, not to knock the others, but we are. No, first. no shade. No the shade. First and the finest. No yes. finest. Yes. Don't and, don't email us now. We love we all love all our sister Greeks. Oh yes. But AKA and and pink <laughs> and green. So, um, but I think I, I think it's fantastic. So the next story that we have is Dave Chappelle, and um, oh yes, this controversy about Dave in his latest documentary, which I need to. I've heard snippets, but I have not fully watched it yet. But he is not apologizing for anything. And I, I, I think he said, I'm not going to, I think the, the article that we have on the website right now, he says, I'm not apologizing for anything and I'm not going to stand up on command either. Hollywood is saying, no, we're not going to work with you. We're not going to do this, things like that because of the blowback. But it's not new. No. But you know what, Andrea, you know, if people have watched Dave Chappelle over the years, he's an equal opportunist. He makes fun of everyone. You know, we were talking about earlier, you know, during the Chappelle show, he was making fun of a black white racist. He was making fun of white people. He was making fun of Asians. So, you know, it's jokes, but, you know, I know people are very, you know, personable and they, they take things to heart, but, it, you know, with Dave Chappelle, you should know it's not coming from a place of bad spirits or anything like that. I think just simply that's his comedy. 
And, you know, I think he's more than willing to sit down and talk to the community, but not be pressured and not be, you know, as he said, you know, called upon in that way. I think the fact that he, he, he tells the truth in a satirical way. And, you know, sometimes that truth, people don't want to hear it or they don't want to accept it the way he says it. And I mean, right. And I, I think it's sad, but you know, it's a controversy that it's going to have to work itself out. And, and, so, and I've watched, i watched the stand up and, and I, I didn't see, you know, he hits, he hits below the belt for everyone, for everybody. That's all I have to say. He hits above everyone. And that's just his comedy. Yes. Um, and I agree. So, and then, you know, we'll just have to wait and see what happens and see what else he's going to have on Netflix. Cause you know, he will continue on Netflix. I would just say also the final story that we have for tonight is something that just occurred today, which was the Ohio House passed finally ASHA's law. For people who don't, who are not familiar with ASHA's law, it is um, named ASHA's law in honor of the teacher, Shaker Heights teacher, who was killed by her ex-husband, who was a former judge and lawyer. She had been a victim of domestic violence. He had been convicted of an assault. He went to jail. He was released nine months um, by the judge. He went back again, confronted his ex-wife and killed her this time. So he's been sentenced to life in prison. But now we have on the books a much stronger domestic violence law that um, if someone is has an aggravated assault, the police are required to conduct a more lengthy assessment of the situation to determine whether or not there are circumstances surrounding domestic violence issues. Well, I think that's great. And I just hope that, you know, it, it definitely makes it easier for, you know, both women and men that have assaulters to get, you know, the justice they need, but to feel safe. I know many times I've read and I've heard about cases where the woman has gone to the police and they've done absolutely nothing maybe because their partner um, has a certain, you know, standing in the community and no one is taking them seriously. And maybe the woman, you know, doesn't, and then it's too late. So hopefully this, this law really cracks down and really makes it easier for um, people of domestic violence to really get the help and justice they need. Yes, because I, I don't understand if you love someone, you don't hit them. If you have anger issues, get it under control because to hit in anger of a loved one is just, I don't understand it. I never have understood it. And I'm just glad that Ohio's law is strengthened today for this. So that's it for our Chocolates News today. Please check it out on the Sensei Herald website. But I'm very happy now to introduce our guest, Ty Sims. Ty? Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm Ty Sims, political junkie. Uh, I work in and out of politics. Uh, I currently work for someone here in Michigan. Uh, we won't say who. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's me. We are in a, I would say, a wild moment in politics, if I can say that. How important is it for people to stand up and take notice of what is going on right now? Wow. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, really, I, I don't even know where to begin with that. I mean, there is a lot going on. I mean, Michigan has a lot going on in itself from right. the water issues, from the politics, right. the craziness with the election. I mean, it's right. So if we want to talk, if we want to talk just about here in Michigan, um, there's a couple 
different things going on at the same time here in Michigan. So, of course, many people have heard Benton Harbor is actually going through a water crisis uh, right now. Uh, Benton Harbor's lead actually is testing at 89 times the um the CDC guideline recommended limit for acceptable drinking water. That guideline starts at 15 parts per billion um, of lead is acceptable for public drinking water. And um, Benton Harbor is currently 89 times that. Um, at the beginning of the Flint water crisis, Flint was actually only seven times uh, the CDC limit for acceptable drinking water. So uh, dealing with that, the governor just appropriated, I want to say between, between 10 and $12 million uh, to that plan and currently waiting on uh, Michigan's Congress to approve another $11 million for Benton Harbor. Um, this is a crisis that has been going on for uh, a little while, while now, of course, with uh, aging infrastructure structure, not only, you know, here in Michigan, but everywhere uh, in America, you know, here in Michigan, we actually have the strictest lead testing regulations here because of the Flint water crisis that um, came to head uh, in 2014. So we have we have the water that we're dealing with. Of course, we have GOP and GOP or the Republican Party in the House currently trying to pass uh, voter restriction laws, uh, stricter voter ID laws, stricter laws on mail-in voting, stricter laws on the time uh, for early voting to, to happen. So we have that. We have the Michigan House wanting to uh, reaffirm a 1930s law before Roe versus Wade was passed that is extremely restrictive on reproductive rights. The law would actually be more restrictive uh, than the Texas law currently. Uh, we have that going on. And of course, we have 11 GOP candidates right now who are trying to trying to figure out the balance, the balance between denying the election results and not trying to sound too crazy. So we have a lot going on in Michigan. You're right. Oh my God. I mean, the fact that people are still trying to deny the election, I don't get it. I understand it's a yeah. great marketing tool. I understand the GOP is going through a level of um, excitement and participation that they've never seen before. But at the same time, mm-hmm. eventually lying, doesn't it bite you? It's going to bite you. The, the, flash, the, the feedback, I mean, the, the backlash is just going to be so terrific you would think um, against them. Well, I, w- I would definitely agree with that because I mean, well, number one, you know, as we see, as, as things start to come to light with the former president's administration, um, uh, we see that, you know, some of his allies in Congress, um, some of his consultants, some of his, if you want to call them lawyers, <laughs> you can, you can call them lawyers. Um, I call them henchmen. Um, some of them, you know, had a meeting the night before uh, the insurrection and, you know, planned this thing. And so, um, you know, I'd agree, I'd agree with you that, you know, once you lie and once you continue the lie, uh, you know, we call this the big lie, um, it's going to come back to bite you. But I mean, you, you said something really important earlier about, you know, the, GP, the GOP about how this might be a great marketing tool. I think it's, it's deeper than that. I think that the GOP has run out of ideas that are appealing to Americans. When you think about the GOP, you really don't think about any of their ideals or, you know, what they campaign on besides uh, radical leftists and um, obstruct, obstruct, obstruct. 
So I think more so than anything, the, the GOP, because of the fact that they don't have ideas, they just go to the person who's the most popular in the base, who is Trump, who, you know, still has 75, 74 percent of the Republican Party in his back pocket. You know, I think I think it's sad. I think more so than anything, this is going to be a time that we look back in history. You know, I don't think that far from now, I think in the next 10 or you know, 15, 20, maybe even in 2024, you know, there is a lot of Trump, you know, supporting and endorsing and stomping for candidates to be secretaries of states of these states that, you know, he lost. And, you know, what are secretary of states in charge of? They're in charge of elections. So now Trump is trying to put these people in office who in 2024 can actually overturn the election in his favor or, you know, be able to figure some way out to maybe even stop the certification of the 2024 election. But I also think this is something to honestly think about, too, that there's also a a possibility that Trump could legitimately win in 2024. President Biden's approval rate uh, coming out today is only at 40%. You know, when you look at Afghanistan, when you look at, you know, him not being able to force his his uh, agenda through Congress, I think the people are, are really upset because of the fact that, you know, we campaigned on or Democrats in 2020 uh, campaigned on being able to get things done. And if you elect them, that, you know, things will be able to get done. And I think people are frustrated. And I think that, of course, anytime people are frustrated, they look at the other. And, you know, I don't think that the average American isn't isn't worried about saving democracy. And I, I think that the average American may not really understand how fragile um, democracy itself is. And, and the only way that we keep democracy is if we are dog watchers over democracy. And so uh, I really think that we're at a point where at least, you know, I hope that that the GOP starts to come to their senses because you know I believe that you know eventually this is all going to come to head when Trump is indicted. That that I agree. I mean, th- there's no guarantee he's even going to be the candidate in 2024. But also, how many is there a record of how many people have left the GOP? Because I know there people have been leading in droves. They're either becoming Democrats or they're becoming independents. They remain conservative, but how much is the GOP really looking at what they're losing? I mean, they still have that base, but the bigger base that's in tune with everything, they're very slowly walking away. They're not talking about it, but they're walking away. And I've heard those numbers have increased a lot across the spectrum. And are they taking that into consideration that when they run in midterm and when they run in 2024, that they may not have who they want in their back pocket, in their back pocket. Are they looking at that? So I think, I think that, well, one, I think the GOP is, and I think that the race that everyone is watching to see if they'll be able to get away with, um, like I said before, this, this halfway of, of, you know, well, Trump was a great president, but, you know, he did, he just did a couple bad things. I think that everyone's watching the Virginia governor race uh, between Yunkin and McAuliffe to see if, you know, that plan will work or the, the GOP will have to go back to the drawing board and and figure something else out. You know, I disagree a little bit that I I think that if Trump wants to be the 2024 candidate, that he will be the 2024 uh, Republican candidate for uh, president, unless barring that he is indicted at that time. And and truthfully, if, if he's not convicted, then who's to say that with an indictment, he won't run anyway. 
So, I mean, I think that the GOP is looking at this, but I think that, again, like I mentioned earlier, when the leader of your party still has 74 to 75% of, of, you know, the entire party in his back pocket, when over, you know, I, I believe it's 63, 64% of Republicans believe that Trump should run for president again, you know, it's really hard as a Republican to defy him. I mean, when you look at people like, you know, Senator Jeffrey Flake, and, you know, how he was censured by the Arizona uh, Republican Party for speaking out against Trump. When you look at the Georgia uh, Secretary of State, Brad Rasenberger, uh, yes. I think I'm I think I'm. Yeah. I, OK, so I pronounced that right. When you look at him, um, you know, he probably won't be able to be reelected again because he won't be able to get through a Republican primary. And so I think I think that is the most dangerous thing that we need to look at is the fact that because he still controls the party that means that he still controls the party's primaries. Now, I do agree with you that I don't, I don't believe that campaigning on 2020 is a winning strategy. I think that it's a losing strategy. I think that when you look at, especially these swing states, um, you know, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, when you look at those states, um, I don't believe that campaigning on the 2020 election is a winning strategy, which is why you see the Republican candidate in Virginia try to distance himself as much as possible uh, from Trump. You know, Trump endorsed him, Trump took the endorsement back, and then now Trump has endorsed him again. So, you know, I think that the Republican Party is really trying to find a fine balance between, you know, not being tied closely with him and also, you know, wanting to bring his base along with them as well. I mean, you look at the Iowa Senator Ted, um, Chuck Grassley, in Iowa, where he openly said Trump has 91% of the Republican Party in Iowa, and I'd be stupid not to take the endorsement from the person who has 91% of Republicans in Iowa. You know, he never said that, that Trump has good ideas. He never said that Trump was a great president in that speech. He said that he's accepting his support because of the fact that he controls 91% of the base, which I mean, you know, unfortunately, we all know that uh, people in Congress, they're in Congress to get reelected. Um, a lot of times they're not in Congress to do the work that they sought to do or the work that they, you know, they wanted to do because the more important thing once they get there is to be able to keep and hold their seat and be able to fundraise and get money and ju then just prepare for the next election. And it's unfortunate, but, you know, I think that some of these senators, especially some of these GOP senators should stand up. You know, it's, it's unfortunate that they're afraid. It's unfortunate that they're being very cowardice. It's unfortunate that they turn their backs on the American people. And it's, it's, you know, it's unfortunate that they've turned their backs against the Constitution. I mean, you know, 10 years ago, you know, Republicans would campaign on the fact that, you know, they were the party of family values. Right. Right. And uh, and now there's there's no way that they could ever campaign on being the party of family values. When you look at, you know, the infrastructure bill that you guys mentioned earlier, the reconciliation bill wants to include universal pre-K. You know, we talk about a job shortage and the GOP will say, you know, or not a job shortage, but um people, you know, not wanting to work or whatever the case, whatever the case may be. Um, but in reality, well, first off, who wants to work for $7.25 an hour, which is, you know, $12,000 a year, I believe, after taxes. 
who, right. who, would, who would ever work for that amount of money, number one. And number two, uh, women have dropped out of the workforce as often as they, they have, because a lot of times women are the main caregivers of their households, whether it's uh, taking care of elderly family members or, you know, taking care of the kids. So that's why women have dropped out of the workforce. So if you believed in, you know, family values, I'm someone that believes that that's something that, you know, you would support. You know, you also look at uh, health insurance and the Affordable Care Act and, you know, the attack and the assault that the GOP put on that, even with, you know, nominating and, and confirming, you know, Amy Comey Barrett to the Supreme Court. And, you know, I, I believe it was a, a record amount of time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that the GOP really has to take a look in the mirror because I, you know, I do believe that the United States needs a secure two-party system because, you know, there, there's no way either way, Democrat or Republican, that, that I, I believe that the country could successfully move. We need healthy debate in um, our two-party system. But, you know, I think that, you know, the Democrats are having healthy debate within their party. You see that the progressives um, they they're holding firm on what they want for the infrastructure bill, as well as some conservative Democrats in the Senate are holding firm on, you know, what they want in the infrastructure bill. And, and do I agree with either? Um, I, I for sure lean toward more towards one side uh, than the other. You know, I think that it, it's weird that Joe Manchin, who um, he's saying that he he has severe reservations for a billionaire tax, but at the same time, West Virginia, the state which he represents, has zero billionaires. So you have to ask why a man like Joe Manchin, who represents zero billionaires, would have an issue with a billionaire tax. Um, you have to ask why people who like Christian Cinema who you know, when they were in the the Arizona state, she was, you know, she was darn near in the green party. You know, she was she was way more left than she is today. And then and now today, you can rarely even show her get her to show up to meetings, let alone talk to the press. So I think that something that also is going to be very important in the future is we also have to reform campaign finance law. So that's that's going to be extremely important because if we can get big pharma, if we can get the NRA, if we can get all these different types of lobby lobbying firms out of the pockets of our representatives, I think that they'll be able to move and act and vote and advocate more freely. That that is fantastic, and I think I agree with you. And we're going to have to have you back the further this discussion. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, this is going to be an exciting 2022. Is going to be a very exciting year politically, and we're going to have agree. to have you back, and we're going to have wonderful discussions. But that's it for the news section of Chocolate okay. News for now. And Morgan, take it away. All right. Well, first of all, Andrea, we got to thank our sponsors. I know we forgot. But, oh my God, you know, we, we forgot. Were so excited. Oh my God. <laughs> I know we were so excited, but we can't forget about Cincinnati Public Schools. Thank you so much for sponsoring um, this week's episode of Chocolate News. And again, my name is Morgan Angelique Owens. I run Harold Beauty. So we're about to talk things beauty. So I have a special guest that I am so excited to introduce because she has helped so much with Harold Beauty so far. She helped launch the new Harold Beauty Instagram page, Cincy Harold Beauty. So make sure that you all follow Cincy spelled with an I, C-I-N-C-I, Harold Beauty. And she helped with the first ever Harold Beauty event. 
her business, um, Alpha Female Association, did all the beautiful graphics. So thank you so much, Danielle. I'm going to let you introduce yourself to the audience and just tell people how you are um, a part of the Herald Beauty team now. Well, thank you for that nice little introduction. (laughs) But no, first, I need to thank you, one, for thinking about me, for reaching out to me to work with you, because I feel like we've been trying to do that forever. And we're always busy. Yes. (laughs) We're always busy. It's always on timing, though. God's timing. I know, right? So that's why I'm like, this is perfect. But I have been basically curating content for about 14 years now by accident. I actually fell into this because I thought that I didn't want to pay anybody else to do it. It was too much. Mm -hmm. I didn't know where to find it. So I just started working with female entrepreneurs and just helping them with their brands and curating their events. And the more and more I thought about it, I went, hey, wait, you might be on to something. You might be a creative director or something like that. So I started Alpha Female Association and that's where um, it sparked from there. I just ran with it. And now we're here as the VP of content for the Herald Beauty, ma'am. Yeah, some, yeah, some, some wonderful title that we've given, ma'am. given you. <laughs> working, working. It comes, yes. it comes, yes. it comes back around. So I do appreciate you. Yes, of course. So, you know, with your business, the Alpha Female Association, I just love it because you talk about all things beauty, culture, lifestyle. You know, what does beauty mean to you as an alpha female? And what's an alpha female to you? Let's start there. Let's start with Let's start there. So an alpha female, an alpha female is a multifaceted woman. Can't put her in a box. You can't tell her she can just do beauty. You can't, you can't tell her she can just do one thing because for years, women have done everything. And let's not talk about Black women. <laughs> so right, beauty right. for me is a multifaceted woman who can stand on her own, who is not afraid to be vulnerable. You know what I mean? And move forward yeah. in all the things that she believes with no question. Yes, I love that. Um, and that's exactly, you know, so when I started the Morgan A. Owens brands and particularly the um, Pretty Professional, my trademark, you know, working in corporate, working at predominantly, you know, all white uh, companies, you know, being a black woman, being the only one sometimes in the room, you know, oftentimes we sometimes feel like we have to down ourselves to blend in and not stand out. Or if we do stand out, people take us, um, don't take us seriously, right? I, I always mm-hmm. used to get asked like, oh, are you so-and-so's assistant? And there's nothing wrong with being an assistant, but I had, I was a consultant. I had a consultant role. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. like, why do you think, you know, I can't be, you know, a VP or a president or a director because, right. you know, because I'm a young black woman or because I choose to rock my natural curls one day or come you know, with a wig in one day or rock right. a bright, you know, pink lip or have my lashes. And so, you know, pretty professional came from, you know, you can still be your authentic self and get mm-hmm. the job done. So, you know, if everyone follows my brand, you know, I'm all about my lipstick lashes and, and, right. you know, heels and fashion, but I'm still very much a boss. <laughs> I'm still very mm-hmm. much um, an alpha female. Um, and I can, you know, confidently get the job done, close deals. And more times out of, you know, a lot, you know, make more money than most men out here. 
And so I think that's really relevant (laughs) to a lot of black women now these days. Black women in the standards of beauty look totally different um, than, you know, my mother's generation um, or a lot of, you know, a lot of people's mother's generations, you know, black women are the fastest growing demographic as entrepreneurs. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Ty mentioned that women are leaving the workforce, but I I say they're leaving the workforce because they're being their own boss. We're tired of being underpaid and, and tired of having our hair being judged saying, oh, that's not appropriate to rock curls or braids. Um, So we're taking our talents and our skills and we're creating our own businesses and we're making more money while looking, looking the bomb, right? (laughs) Exactly. For sure. Yes. It is a movement and I love it. Yes. Yes. So what type of um, things does Alpha Female Association do? So I know you're online, so tell us about that. And I know you do events as well. Yeah, so online, of course, we have blogs. I blog weekly now. I'm on it. I'm blogging okay. weekly. All right. <laughs> um, and that's yes. all things yes. culture. Not really a whole lot of beauty, but culture, business, branding, marketing, content. Today I did one about how to convert your content because I don't think a lot of people mm-hmm. understand that it's not just a post is is bigger right. than a post. Like that post has to make sense. And I, I am guilty of it. When I first started out, I was just posting because it was cute. That's what the next person was doing. But now I post because I have an agenda. Like there's a reason why I need you to see these things. So that's the main thing I'm focusing on now is the blog, getting mm-hmm. more into video. Cause that is a big thing because Instagram and Facebook are just changing so much that video right. is pri- is the primary goal for them and that's what I want to focus on I want to get more into events but large-scale events so I'm not just doing the graphics like I really want to be able to produce and be there boots on the ground making sure things are working which I'm heading there so I'm like very proud of myself like okay you said you're gonna do it look at you look at you look at you (laughs) keep going And and it's scary when you get yeses you know what I mean but at the same time, very oh, yeah, because then you got to do the work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got like you you to say what you said you was going to do. So yeah, so yeah, that's that's what, what Alpha Female Association is doing. And we also have a podcast too. So we talk about all things business for female entrepreneurs, creatives, anything that's popping in music, all that. Well, I know Harold Beauty, we're super excited to, you know, also, you know, shine your business on future events and, you know, it's all about collaboration. So I'm super excited to have you a part of, a part of the journey. So again, everyone make sure that you not only go follow Danielle on, um, what's, what's the Alpha Female Association Instagram? Alpha Female Association. Oh, <laughs> okay. Just want to make sure. And then, <laughs> Everyone, make sure that you follow Cincy Harold Beauty. So we'll be posting a lot of, you know, the trending articles that is on the Cincinnati Herald Beauty section, but also reposting some, you know, Black influencers in the beauty space. And of course, if you have anything that you would like to see, you would like to hear about, feel free to always um, DM us, get in those DMs at Cincy Herald Beauty. So Danielle, I... Mm-hmm. Part of my segment, I am starting to ask, because you're the very first guest on um, this section of the podcast. So what are your top three beauty products that you cannot live without? Hmm. Okay. So for sure, I have to have some type of lip balm. 
okay sure. so and it's crazy because sometimes i just use vaseline don't tell nobody but you know those little vaseline little mm-hmm. small containers i carry those around though they're like yeah um the next yeah. thing is okay. i like the the new fenty body oil i think that's what it's called i'm looking at it now like oh. it is a body a body oil and it's amazing okay. it smells good too um the next thing that i think i have to have is i'm getting into lashes so I've been buying my okay. own pretty lashes and putting them on and learning how to actually make them pop on, before I get out the house. So it's like uh, brow, what? lash, lip action going okay. on. <laughs> All right. All so right. those are must-haves. And that's like it. the so lip- wispy ones. Oh, those are good. Those are really good. Mm-hmm. So lip balm, Fenty, body oil, and lashes. Love yes. it. Love it. Hey, Andrea, what about you? I need to know your top three beauty products that you can't live without oh well i'm a um mary Kay person okay and i yeah. can't the time wise facial regimen the, the 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 has the three-in-one scrub for the face um nice. i can't live without that and then the moisturizer for my face Whoa. um when i was caring for my mother i was using that moisturizer on her skin on her face and, uh-huh. and i remember everyone was commenting they whenever they went to visit her, they kept saying her face, her skin looks wonderful. And I said, it's the moisturizer. And so hmm. I can't live without those two. And then I've been experimenting with, I don't do a lot of foundation because my skin is very mm-hmm. sensitive, but I've been experimenting with certain types of plums and brown lipsticks or lip gloss. I've been getting into lip gloss, especially, okay. especially with the COVID and everything in the mask, I've been finding yeah. for, for the meetings and everything, I like the fact that the lip gloss gives you just a, net, a hint of a shine, but it's dull enough that it makes you look good on the Zoom. Even when you have bad lighting, yes. you still stand out. And I'm, that's what a good lipstick or a good gloss, I can't live without. Love it. I'm, um, um, I'm not a very brand specific but if it doesn't mm-hmm. dry my lips out, I'll use you a couple of times and then I'll switch up. But I like if you if it's good, I will try it and run with it. Okay. So those are my okay. my my two, three. Love it. Love it. So definitely skincare. Skincare is very important. So Mary Kay, if you're listening out there, we need some of those uh, skincare items to try out and write about in Herald Beauty. Um <laughs> So that's really it for us. Uh, Danielle, thank you so much for joining um, this section of the podcast. Again, no please problem. let people know how they can um, support you. So drop your website, IG again, all that good okay. stuff. I like the okay. fact that the, I, I, if I can just make a comment, I like the term alpha woman. I've never really, yes. I've heard alpha. You know beta, what? But you, I've never heard alpha woman. I was like, Yes, because I know so many Black women who are single and successful and they don't take any stuff. (laughs) Right. And, you know, and and they're leaders in their own circles or what they're doing. And they're so alpha-esque, but you don't hear them presented that way. I like that. I'm also going to check out your blog because I like that. So I wrote it down. So, so, so much. So um, you guys can definitely subscribe at alphafemaleassociation.com. Follow us at Alpha Female Association on Instagram and Facebook. And 
Alpha Female Energy Podcast also on Instagram <laughs> and um, Apple Podcast and Spotify. Sounds like a lot. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> no, that's great. Andrea, I'm going to turn it back to you. Thank you, Morgan. That was, I loved that segment. I really did. And um, you know what? You made me think about my beauty. What, what are my brands that I use? Because usually I follow my sister because um, she's more into that, the beauty ask of everything between the two of us. We're twins. So she, I have some stuff. She does some stuff. And so I think that was fantastic. But that's it for our today for our show today. Um, thank you again, um, Cincinnati Public Schools, for sponsoring us. It was very informative and exciting, and we'll have more. You can find more information about today's topics and past podcast episodes at www.cincinnatiherald.com, um, the SESH newsletter, or on our social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Also, make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Um, and we're on your favorite podcast app, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeart, Amazon, Audible, and TuneIn Radio. So everywhere you look, we are there for you and bring you the fantastic chocolate news. So thank you, everyone, and good night.